Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited. I have Lidia de la Cruz with me today <laughs> and we are going to cheers before we start chatting because I always chat and then forget about the cheers. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. cheers. cheers. I have coffee, she has some agua. Agua. Si. So get your beverage of choice to join us on this little chat. I'm currently in Florida and she's in the city. I'll be there again soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, before she kicks us off with her story and her journey into um, being a Latina in tech, I'm going to share a little bit of her bio and then she's going to expand about it. So Lidia is a first generation Afro-Latina born and raised in the Bronx who pivoted into tech two years ago and is currently a software engineer. She sh shares resources and life as a developer on her platform, Poderosa Coding, and is passionate about helping others pivot into tech. So I'm really excited to have Lydia here no. because I know <laughs> nothing about pivoting into tech. <laughs> here I am, talk all about it. So welcome. Thank like you, I said, Alicia. she has mm -hmm. her page, Poderosa Coding. Make sure you follow her. She does awesome lives and um, connects you with people and resources and follow her LinkedIn. She's always posting scholarships, boot camps. If you're really into yes. this, she she is your go to person. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for that introduction. So, yeah, as Elisa said, my name is Lydia. I run a platform called Fedorosa Coding. I pivoted into tech back in November 2019, to be exact. Um, prior to a pandemic, um, I decided that 2020 was going to be my year to pivot into tech. No clue, of course, because who would have known a global pandemic would occur during that time? But that didn't stop me. I still ended up pivoting into tech. Um, it worked out for me, and I graduated from Grace Hopper Coding Bootcamp back in December 2020. And fast forward, um, we're now in January 2023, and in August, I make two years as a software engineer. Amazing. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. And what made you want to pivot into tech? What were you doing before? What did you major yeah. in um, to kind of give mm -hmm. context to any student or person listening in? Um, and do you have to like major in software engineering to pivot mm -hmm. into tech? Yeah, no. So, um. I actually, I was an undergraduate. My undergrad is in psychology. So mm -hmm. like in college, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I always had this idea of, I want to help people. I just don't know how. <laughs> and I think that's how everyone usually feels, right? Yeah. And I, I just went off of one class. Like I love, I don't know, my counselor was like, what is one class that you love? And if you could just do all the time you would do. I'm sorry, I live near the train station here oh, so okay. you hear it <laughs> the city. Um, city life literally um so yeah so undergrad in psychology uh no clue I would be in tech now I was trying to pursue a career in occupational therapy I was trying to pivot into healthcare. I have six years working in education so I was like a founding staff member at a charter school I was operations manager I pivoted into the public school space. I did a lot of admissions, um, attendance intervention. So a lot of that with the community, the youth community and working in underserved communities here in the school setting. Um, and yeah, like in 2019, I was like, well, you know what, let me pivot. I wanna go into healthcare maybe. Um, I love working with kids. I still do. I still volunteer now with Code Nation, volunteering with students. 
I just couldn't see myself working with students in what capacity. So right now for me, volunteering works for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so I was like, let me just do occupational therapy. It's in the healthcare field, seems to be aligned with what I want to do. I got rejected. And I think this is where my pivot came about. Mm -hmm. Every rejection is a redirection. And I love that quote because me being rejected from this master's program really put me in a bubble where I was like, oh my gosh what am I doing next? Cause this is not part of the plan, right? It's like, I knew I was going to get in, but I didn't get in. Um, and you know, I, what works about this situation is that the more people you talk about it and the more people you surround yourself, people acknowledge and see your skills. Right. And I was so fortunate enough to be surrounded by a fellow Latina who was in cybersecurity, uh, at Baruch college. And she was like, I see you. I see the way you work. I see the your, the work you do. I see your skills, your, your personal skills. She was like, well, have you considered tech? Like she was like pivoting me over. She was like bringing me to the other side. She was like, listen, like we need more of us representation. Mm. She was like, you can learn it. You have the skills, you can pivot. Um, so she kind of planted that seed in me and I kind of started to do research. I wasn't a fan of cybersecurity, mm-hmm. but little by little, you know, I started doing a lot of free resources. That's where I start. And that's where I tell everyone to start, you know, do free resources. If you decide to pivot into tech and you decide to go back to school, that is absolutely fine. A lot of people do that mm-hmm. and they just go into a computer science route. Right. Okay. Um, but if you're like me and you want to pivot into tech for a career, I always advise folks get into these free resources, dabble into it first, network into it first, and then figure out and lay out your plan. Um, And that's exactly what kind of worked out for me. I did free resources for about three months straight. I did everything free. I did scholarships. I did um, vouchers, anything that I can get a discount on. (laughs) I did it before I committed financially to actually pay for a coding bootcamp, which I paid Mm. for Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Um, that's how I did it. I, and I always tell folks, listen, free, free, free until you're completely sold on this idea. And then you can financially make the decision to really invest into this move. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's always, a, and now there's so many resources online post oh, like everything was thrown online so you can totally access it and there's quality resources too it's not just yep. like a janky youtube video that you find like for, in 2012 when we were on the internet trying to find resources it's more like quality and production and like great organizations putting through um, resources for underserved communities um i've seen so many pop up within the last year um insanely and, I, and, and Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. No, go for it. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say this is exciting because I, I get a lot of as an academic advisor, mm-hmm. I get a lot of students interested in it. And in 2017, when I was advising, it was a little harder to tell them where to go versus now 2023. I'm like, wait, I have a list. I have people. I can be like, <laughs> go to Li- go to Livia, go to this person, go to that, mm. go to this Instagram page, go to this YouTube channel. And it's like, it helps me as an advisor kind of support yeah. students through that process. So I'm really excited. Yeah, no. And that's, and that's my, that's to my point as well. Like, when I first started my journey, I went online, you know, I went on social media. I was like, there has to be somewhere out there. There has to be another fellow Latina that <laughs> pivoted into tech and went through a coding bootcamp. There has to be one out there. And 
I could not find one. I could not find one. I did not find anyone who documented their journey. I didn't mm. find anyone sharing anything. And this is back in 2019. And that's when I was like, you know what? Let me do the world the favor. Let me be what I wanted to be for my journey. And I created my page and I started documenting my journey. Any and all resources that I came across, I started sharing, right? I started contacting people. I started connecting and meeting people through my coding page. And from there, it's it, it's evolved to where it is, where I'm able to be of help to other people and share these resources, right? Because now I'm overwhelmed with resources that I didn't find in 2019. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what can I do with this? And I just kind of share it. And I share it on the internet and I share it on people. And I talk about my journey. And to this day, I talk about what it is to be a software engineer um, and my career space and my career trajectory, because there's someone out there that's like, damn, like, I want to be able to do that. And I'm over here like, I did that. And this is how I did it. And so can you. And then I love bringing people on my platform to like, I've been doing a lot of Instagram lives to talk about the different roles in tech as well, mm. right? Because there's just so many different roles. There's so many different names to these roles too, but they all align to do the same job description, right? It's just different names and different companies, right? And I love to bring that diversity onto the group so people can know like, listen, you don't only have to code. <laughs> There's mm -hmm. so many other roles that you can pivot into tech. And here are your options. And here are these pretty cool, dope people that are like, okay with connecting with you and are open books and are willing to talk to you about their role. Um, so like, why not? Like 2019, I cannot find anyone. <laughs> 2019, I cannot find anyone. Now fast forward 2023, I have such an amazing network. I know so many people. I've met people in person through my page, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful space, a beautiful community. And I'm, I'm really excited just to be on there and be of service. I love that. It's in 2019, when I kind of started documenting, like supporting students through their career transition, applying to grad school, mm -hmm. I was like, there is no Latina looking like me doing this in this space. So let me just start sharing as well. And now there's so many, there's a community and like, it's great that it keeps expanding. But it, the same feeling I had in 2017, 2018, 2019, when I would say, I don't know where to send my students besides talk to me one-on-one. -on -one. They're like, just start a page, just start talking about it. Like you can show up online. And I'm curious, how has your journey been showing up online and being that representation and kind of giving that permission slip to students? Because we didn't have that, like you and I, from our experience. Mm -hmm. And now we, we can say that we can see other people doing it, but it's kind of like we went through this process and then also showed up online, but I feel like there's also a journey with showing up online. And I'm curious yeah. what that has been for you. Yeah. I mean, the thing about showing up online is that I have to be, I have to be super cautious, right? Because what I'm saying, when I'm sharing my opinions on certain subjects or topics are my own opinions, right? It has right. no affiliation with my job. Um, I don't openly share where I work at. Like if people connect with me on LinkedIn, if someone asks me on a coffee chat or my job happens to share something about me on their social media, I share it on my page, but I kind of like to keep that privacy. Right. Um, showing up online means I also have to be very much consistent. I have to be very much engaged with my audience as well, you know, and 
I'm a person at the end of the day. <laughs> you know, I have my own life. I have my own things going. And sometimes I do feel that kind of guilt where I'm not able to really give back to the community or be fully present online when I want to be, right? right. Um, but I'm happy that people kind of understand that. And, I, and I'm happy that people still continuously engage with me, you know, follow me or reach out to me. And I think I really like that about folks that even though I'm not actively on there sometimes, people still happen to check in on me. You know, right now we're doing in this very um, pre-possible economic recession Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of folks reach out like hey like there's so many layoffs are like are you okay Mm -hmm. right um or vice versa people are like hey Lydia like I just got laid off if you know of anything share with me and I'm like mental note if I come across something think about this person right and I'm just Mm -hmm. adding them to my think box as I say um and so forth but there are challenges but there's also really rewarding moments right Mm -hmm. like People who have followed me from the beginning that have seen it all, people who have used my resources, pivoted and are like being successful and like are in tech already. Right. So there are these fascinating stories that I can think of individuals that like literally took my advice and resources and like shared it and applied it. And now they're pivoted and now they're just growing and glowing. And it's just beautiful to see that because like, I had this conversation with this person. I kind of gave them these resources. I I connected with them. I connected them with other folks that were of resource. Now it's like beautiful because like I have this community of people, but not only that, I have the other side of it that I've connected with tech people who are just like me, who are just dope and cool. And they're like, listen, Lydia, like you need help and and you want to send me someone I got you. I'll help them. Right. And it's just, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful that people are just willing to do this help. And it's just like, we're just helping one another here. Like mm-hmm. I see you, <laughs> you see me and I, I got you. I'm kind of going to help you. Um, so like it has its pros and cons, right. but I feel like the reward of being able to like literally change someone's life, you know, change a fellow Latina's life. Right. Who didn't see herself being able to be in tech to be in tech. Gosh, I mean, I would take the cons of it a thousand times to see those changes or to see a change of a working mother, like a working Mm -hmm. mother of two with a family, right? Wanting to do it, but not believing in herself and doing it like, wow. Yeah, no, (laughs) speechless. speechless I love that it's like wow speechless yeah and and that kind of outweighs maybe any imposter syndrome we might feel on social media or like um run into the trap of like comparing ourselves and with other individuals online but um if we focus like in our community and who we're helping and who we're serving then it kind of Mm -hmm. makes it all worth it yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I love when people share with me on their updates. I love when people share with me on their wins and progress. Like, I honestly do love it. And I and I try my best self, folks, like, please tell me, like, share with me. Tell me what's going on. Like, I want to know. I want to be, I want to hear it too, mm-hmm. right? And when I connect with people through coffee chats, I tell them, like, you know, I, we're connecting here now, but please keep me updated. Like, if there's anything you need, just let me know. I reach out to my contact. And that's something I tell people like when I network with them, when I connect with them, I'm like, if you're connecting and networking with me, just know that 
I'm going to bother you at one point and I'm going to need you to talk to someone. So mm-hmm. being part of my network is also being part of a community, right? Like mm-hmm. you're acknowledging that if I need anyone, I'm going to shoot them to you. If you're at Microsoft, Google or any other company, I'm like adding you think my think box. And when someone mentions it, I'm like, I know who to send you to. And I'm sending you, I'm sending you them. So <laughs> get ready for that. You know? Um, but yeah, it's been awesome. I've, I've been very, very lucky this building this community and brand, um, this expansion of it has been, it's been beautiful in so many ways. I mean, I've met people in person, like I've traveled and met people in person, right. Which I, who would have thought I could do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I know. it's pretty cool. Are you working on any fun projects or plans for the year that you can share, um, through Poderosa Coding? Yeah, I'm planning to, I have one goal, one major goal. Like I really want to be able to be a speaker or a panelist mm-hmm. in person at some sort of tech event. That has been my goal to be able to do something in person. I want to be able to speak in front of an audience. I want to mm-hmm. be able to show up authentically myself. I want to show up with my curls with and just talk about my journey and just be in that kind of space. Um, that's one thing that I do want to be able to bring myself and as a speaker in Poderosa Coding to that space. Um, And I think this year, I really want to leverage the space and really try to see if I can partner up with a non-for-profit and start doing in-person things. Like I mentioned earlier, I really do love working with students. I do do it right now on a volunteer basis virtually, but I really would love to be in a school setting and Mm -hmm. really give back on the volunteer level in that aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, But specifically, the community I want to work with is like underserved communities that I'm very familiar with here in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, branch out into that. And I also want to possibly do some offer some kind of service out there mm. for folks in tech. Um, maybe like offer like a resume writing, mm-hmm. um, like a coaching call kind of thing. But my goal is never to monetize with these services. It's all mm. like very affordable, low cost prices. As is, my coffee chats are free. Like anyone can come talk to me. I have a Calendly and I'm always open to talk tech. Um, you can catch me for hours. This can go on for hours. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> right? Um, and I tell folks that I'm like, listen, Calendly only lets me schedule 15 minutes because it's a free version. But yeah, yeah. we can talk for like up to an hour if you want or more. Because <laughs> um, I can just talk about this all day. Yeah, no, no gatekeeping. Um, for me, I've... Um, yeah since I'm in grad school now, I have limited time to talk to students, but I'm always like always down to chat, always down to connect. Um, And like you kind of put in your Rolodex of who do you connect with? Mm -hmm. How do you build that bridge with the uh, people that you are meeting and who do you already know? And, and I think that's beautiful as like Latina community building to really have that as a a value system within your um, organization, brands, whatever you want to call it, Poderosa Coding. Um, I think it's kind of a mission and a foundation for like an organization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I've been thinking about that. I've not, I've connected with other folks who who built out non-for-profit organizations in these tech spaces. And it's something that I'm exploring for Poderosa right. Coding yet. Right. Again, I have, I, I tell people, I'm not going to lie. I deal with imposter syndrome all the time mm-hmm. at work, personal through my brand in all aspects of my life. And it's something that I've been really struggling with and hoping that I can really, you know, leverage this this community and 
and give it more that I know I can mm-hmm. like give it to give it to the best its potential because right. I know it's it's there it's Absolutely. definitely there and seeing um like I, I struggle with that too now that I'm in grad school Latina I thought there would be more Latinas in grad school at NYU which is a very diverse institution a very diverse city and I'm mm-hmm. still sometimes the only Latina in these spaces mm-hmm. and I'm like wow I I in a way, I feel like I cannot afford to have imposter syndrome because we also have to pave the way for mm-hmm. younger students or younger individuals mm-hmm. to like see us represented in these spaces. But then I'm like, okay, give yourself grace. You can feel these feelings. You can feel what you're feeling, but then also keep moving. Um, do you have any tools that you've developed over the years to help you mm-hmm. navigate that imposter syndrome? Because I think we all feel it. Yeah. Um, so I'm really big on manifestations and affirmations, right? And this year I've pivoted to bringing my manifestations and affirmations onto the digital side of me, which is using my iPad and my Notion. So I use a lot of manifestations and affirmations, right? Um, to remind myself of my great, my greatness, my power, my potential, who I am as a person. Um, another thing that I do is I really heavily rely on my community. Um, I, through my coding my free resources through my coding communities, through tech meetups, I literally have friends who are software engineers who look like me, who have the same background and culture as me and same same struggles. And I have a group chat with them. And when I'm feeling horribly down, when I'm sending them screenshots of things that aren't working and I'm feeling horrible and like stuck, um, they just elevate me. They're like, they send me encouraging words they elevate me they remind me of my potential they remind me of who i am and how far i've gotten right and they just empower me you know having that community and space of friends through my coding boot camp also that's another great way that i built my community i can literally count with you like people that are actually my friends people that i actually made through that mm-hmm. friendships that i made through that space that i've even been in my living space like in my apartment like and I've, I've made these um, connections and cultivated these relationships to the point where they elevate me. They remind me of who I am. Lydia, you are a boss. Like, you are powerful. Like, do not forget you are poderosa, right? Mm-hmm. So that to me is so big in itself that I can just literally text them and give them a thousand complaints and they'll <laughs> remind me like, no, like cry yes cry go through the emotions go through the feelings but i need to remind you of who you are and look how far you've come right Mm -hmm. so manifestations affirmations my community my friends hardcore rely on those three things to really 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 um push me through it Mm because i tell people like imposter syndrome is real there's no cure for it (laughs) like (laughs) it just takes up space in your head rent free it like creeps up then it just like kind of goes to sleep and settles and then it kind of creeps back up. It's just knowing how to manage and deal with it. Mm-hmm. So you can just shut it off, but it's always going to be there. It just has its moments of rising and creeping up on you. And you just have to have, you have to have these tools readily available mm-hmm. on how to like power through it and just stick through it. I added these different tools to your toolbox to kind of mm-hmm. navigate it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's that's a great way to put it, that it's going to be here. And do we give it attention? Do we talk to it? Do we engage with it as it flares up and mm-hmm. then like manage it? I think that's 
that's a great analogy and like metaphor to process mm-hmm. what that is. Yeah, as I tell people, and then I tell people who are familiar with El Cuco, how, you know, growing up in the Latin culture, they talk about Cuco. And I'm like, it's like El Cuco, El Cuco is there, but it only comes up at certain times. And how do you get rid of El Cuco? By turning on the lights in the bedroom or whatever. <laughs> that's so Uh, so true yeah it's like it's you know it's there because your parents tell you it's there you haven't really seen it but how do you combat that well you turn on the lights you just wake up you check under your bed and it's not there but those are your tools right you turn on the light you wake up you look for it um that is fabulous (laughs) (laughs) those are the ones that i kind of (laughs) use i love that i love that um and I know you mentioned earlier that you identify mm-hmm. as first gen. How would you define first gen Afro-Latina outside of the textbook definition, just for yourself? Yeah, first gen. Wow. Um, I think for me, first gen also encompasses uh, being an older daughter. I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of responsibility, a lot of maturity, a lot of struggles, a lot of um identity struggle I think too because you know being in the school setting I'm being exposed to different language but then when I'm come home I have to kind of code switch right Mm -hmm. and I have to accommodate to a language that is accommodating to my parents to be able to speak to them right um being first gen is also paving the way like my parents telling me they I need to do certain things because I am the oldest I'm first gen I am the they, I am the reason why they're here. Like, hey, we came over here so you can do this, this, and this, and then that. And this is what you need to do to accomplish that. There's a lot of pressure. And also being the oldest daughter is also being a lot of pressure. Being a, a, a woman is another pressure too, right? This pressure of wanting to encapsulate you, not let you be out and free into the world because they're not familiar with that culture. What they know is their culture, right? From what their roots that they brought back at home. They, they're new in this world, in this space. So it's a lot of, no, 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 no. You can't go out there. You can't do this. Oh, I don't know what that is. You can't try this food. You can't try that food. Oh, don't eat street food. It's a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of rules. It's a lot of uh, bubble making in the process, bubble encompassing in the process. Um, it's a lot of maturity, I want to feel. It's a lot of responsibilities too, right? Because you are the first gen. You are the oldest. This is why we came here for the like American dream. So you must do all these things that we have outlined for you. It's like I was born and like my life, my parents already predetermined how it's going to be like, yeah, you're born. But hey, like this is your plan. This is what you're going to do. This is what we have ready for you kind of deal. Um, so, yeah, I think I think for me as an oldest daughter, too, it, it, it brings a lot more responsibility uh, helping my parents, um, helping and navigate so many different things at home. Um, also dealing with like being with divorced parents too, dealing with two different cultures, right? Cause I'm, I, my father's from Dominican Republic, but my mom is from Guatemala, two different cultures, entirely different, different, um, customs. I would, I would go home to my dad and come with these customs and come back home. And my mom's like, no, that's not what I do. That's not what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa. So it was a lot of clashing because of these two identities that I identify as, right? So it was a lot of that too. Um, n- balancing both and being able to make both parents happy. 
Yeah. How many siblings do you have? Um, I have a total of three siblings. That's okay. four of us. And I'm the oldest. Yeah. And you're the oldest. Yeah. It's those nuances and layers are so important to talk through because I think as Latinas, we have to process that in a way that gives us space to grow into ourselves. Do you think mm-hmm. you've been able to um, navigate and create a journey and a story for yourself outside of maybe the pressures that you feel? No, for sure. And I think, um, and I think because, because of the pressures that I felt as a child, um, I knew not to settle for less. And I was mm. always giving that reminder <clears throat> as my, as the oldest daughter, my parents always reminded me, you cannot settle for less. Like you are here, you are in New York city, you are in America, you have the tools, the resources, so don't settle for less. Um, and I think that was for me was so important. And also my parents never felt, fell into the social, social, social pressures. You know, I'm 33, going to be 34. I don't have kids. Um, they actually don't have any grandchildren at all. And I have, my parents have never asked me, when are you getting married? When are you having kids? Mm-hmm. Like my parents have never asked me that question because they have always instilled with me that this is your life. You can do what you want to do at the end of the day. What makes you happy? You're going to make these choices. Um, and I think for me, I think it's a blessing, right? Because, you know, coming from other friends who are growing up in Latino cultures, that's not the thing. They have to go back home and deal with the usual holiday questions, <laughs> right? Like, when are you doing this, this, and this, and that? And I'm very fortunate that that conversation has not happened with my parents whatsoever. They don't even ask me. They just kind of let me live my life in a way. Um, and that to me, it's it's great because I can I can create my path and they're happy and I'm happy and I don't have to worry about these pressures as is I have pressures from society. And that's one less thing I needed to come from my own unit, like my immediate mm-hmm. family. I love that because I feel the same way. My parents don't talk. Well, they talked about it, but not in a pressure way. Whereas maybe Abuela wants <laughs> a different story, but yeah. that's just her generation and like where she grew up and all that stuff. But it's, it's so funny to hear difference, not funny, it's interesting to hear other people's mm-hmm. like journeys of what they process. And I love that you mentioned that you're 34 and child free and not feeling the pressure of society and maybe other family members, um, not for you, but other people have feel that feel mm-hmm. that from family members. Um, I'm also 31 and not have children. So um, I think it's refreshing to hear that on other Latinas and also have that as a representation that you can build your journey for yourself and not maybe feel the pressure to have a family and kids already or that you're behind because you're not behind yeah yeah no everything you've said just is on the nail it's exactly how I feel right because I think you know my everyone in my in my family have excuse me my parents like lineage had children at a very young age my mother had me and I was like 20 right and Mm -hmm. I couldn't even fathom that when I was 20 I was like wow my mom had me at this age like oh gosh how like you know how could she um and I think because of that knowing that I'm her oldest daughter and knowing that I have the choice and the will and resources she's like listen live your life Mm -hmm. like I'm living my life through you and just do what you want to do at the end of the day Mm -hmm. because these pressures that we hear that these things we have to do and like 
no, I actually don't want to do that. And I don't have to do that. <laughs> I, there's things that I actually want to do that don't involve that, you know, so. Right. And making yeah. that choice to, mm-hmm. to talk through that and like, um, think about it. Um, along that same vein, if you could talk to maybe 15 year old or 20 year old Lydia, what mm-hmm. would you tell your younger self? Oh, gosh, what would I tell her? Um, to, to do her dreams, I would definitely tell her to take the risk. Um, I've always wanted to travel and do something abroad. And I was always so, so, so scared to do that um and not until now as an adult i'm tapping into solo traveling and doing all these things um when i was younger i always wanted to i just never did and i if i could go back i say take the risk do whatever job it is you had thought at the moment and just go live abroad and do something Mm. abroad go take a course or a class abroad um go do something abroad and you'll be entirely okay right? Like your parents will be okay. You will be okay. Um, if I could, cause looking back at it now, I was just so scared to leave home and just be in another country. Had I experienced it earlier, I honestly, I don't, I don't know where I would be, but now as an adult, I'm, I'm healing that inner child and healing those inner dreams and making sure I accomplish those things now. I love that healing your inner child, giving giving her what she might need in mm-hmm. what she might have needed in that moment. Yeah. Um, for sure. I love that. I I'm a huge study abroad proponent. Um, I always tell students like, go do it. Like we'll figure mm-hmm. out a way to pay for it. We'll figure out a way to make it happen. Um, get over the scared part of it. Um, I think that's uh, and there's so many different scholarships opportunities um, even to do it as an adult. So um definitely make that happen yes yes I love that are there any last words of wisdom nuggets that you want to share with our community where can people find you um to tap into your tech community yeah so um I'm in pretty much all social media platforms TikTok Instagram uh Facebook Twitter um as poderosa coding um and then on my LinkedIn would be like my first and last name which is Lydia de la Cruz um, and my, I always like kind of like ending with quotes because that's just quotes have really directed my life in so many ways. Like I mentioned earlier, rejection is a redirection. Had I not been rejected from uh, a master's program, I would not be here. Um, you have to get uncomfortable to get comfortable, right? So I had to get very uncomfortable learning an entire language that is speaking with a computer. I had to get very uncomfortable in pivoting careers. Once I tapped into that uncomfortability, it was that I am now comfortable, right? Now I'm like riding the wave of comfort, right? Um, and thirdly for all, if not now, then when, right? If I don't make this pivot now, then when will I do it, right? Um, I'm getting older and not getting younger and I'm losing experience by not pivoting into it. or talking about as I with career right like traveling if I keep waiting to travel why (laughs) I'm losing time when I could have explored so much more um so those three quotes I really always hold dear to my heart because those three quotes really pivoted my my life in so many different ways and so many different aspects of my life that I just 
those are my th three daily like heart to heart quotes that I just love and live by literally. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a perfect way to wrap up the conversation with um, Livia and I'll do the tweet tweets and <laughs> make sure I put them Thank in you. like a little quotes um, box on Instagram so people can share it and hold it and save it and maybe put it on their affirmation cards if you have them at home. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I love this chat so Thank much. Thank you. Yeah. Make sure you follow Thank her. I'll, you. I'll link all of her contact um, yes. in the show notes as well. And stay tuned for maybe a part two when we'll do this in Woo! person, live. Happy <laughs> in person. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so until the next one, my friend. Thank you.